0: Welcome to Behave, the behavioural science podcast where we discuss, explore and aim to showcase the practical benefits of layering behavioural insights to deliver more effective marketing results and business growth. Hosted by Pedro Martins, a director at Total Media, the behavioural planning agency. Remember to rate us on wherever you listen to podcasts and for any questions, feedback or requests for future topics, please email us at podcast at behave.co.uk. For more information on anything discussed in the episode and useful downloads, please visit behave.co.uk forward slash podcast. Welcome to Behave, the podcast that aims to showcase practical business benefits through the application of behavioural science to your marketing. So today I've got a very exciting guest, Leah Karam, who's our consultant at our very own Behave consultancy, the leading behavioural consultancy based in the heart of Soho in London that serves all the markets around the world. And today, Leah is going to be talking us through how she and her team have helped hundreds of brands go to the next level of growth. Brands that include people like TikTok, Slack, BritBox, and the FT. Good morning, Leah.
1: Hi, Pedro. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Very good. Thank you. So I thought it might be useful, because obviously I'm very familiar with what you do, (laughs) Um, if you could share a little bit more about what Behave does as a consultancy.
1: Sure. So essentially, Behave is a behavioral science consultancy, so we pride ourselves as being a research agency that uh, puts behavioral lenses onto a research project. So what we do is we don't just look at research from a uh, traditional lenses. What we do is we want to rehumanize humans. So we want to look at it from um, actual behavior instead of claimed behavior, or try and layer different research techniques and tools um, to understand what's the core behavior. What's what, what's the what. How do people actually feel uh, when they buy, um, talk, um, interact with brands? Um, so, yeah, so that's what we do. And uh, we do that by actually thinking people. And we use, uh, like I mentioned, a set of behavioral science technologies um, to power brand growth and answer business challenges. Um, some ways to do that is actually uh, we use a lot of um techniques linked to understanding emotions uh linked to brands in the market um to understand personality traits of people that talk about those brands and instead of clustering people demographically or even through socioe- um demographic socioeconomic factors sorry what we do is we essentially look at people from behavioral lenses and actually we look at lifestyle habits we look at content consumption brackets and we try and segment people based on their affinities um, and their uniqueness as a seg- as a segment compared to the general public, instead of just looking at them based on, for example, uh, their age or their education and all of that, we want to try and understand their core, what makes them thick, what makes them happy, and then apply that to brands and try to reflect who they are and what drives them to what they what they purchase.
0: Perfect. So so in essence, like you said, it's about understanding who the most relevant consumer is for a brand um, and how to engage with them um, and then ultimately help the brand and the business grow through that new engagement, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's exactly that. So, for example, one of our main clients is, is TikTok and we've been working with TikTok for the past 18 months. Um, so TikTok, essentially, you know, when I used to talk about TikTok, people thought that I was saying TED Talks because not, not that, no, I was like, what, TED Talks? I was like, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, so essentially, uh, there were four in the team actually in Berlin uh, when we started with them. And now there are over, you know, 60 people um, in the EU. You know, so it's it's really interesting, and across the world, obviously, um, hundreds and thousands of people. Um, so it's a, a very very fast growing business that we, you know, we've been really happy um, to support and guide uh, for the past eighteen months. And what we did with TikTok is exactly what you just mentioned, and um, you actually reiterated those points in the way that I like talking about what we did with the brand because what we essentially did with them we wanted to help them in understanding the eu opportunity so what we did is is exactly that we discovered audiences for growth so we had no insights whatsoever um, into uh what they don't wanted to look at they had no insights whatsoever into you know who to target within the eu what the opportunity was and where um, the short term and and actually what to do to answer their short-term objectives um so what we did is using our technology and actually deep diving into um, the, the potential audience deep diving into op- open social profiles uh, we were able to uncover and discover those audiences for growth and essentially to use that we had to use uh, machine learning and um, because I, I, as you know peds actually we uh, we use social data as a driver to understand actual behavior because it gives us sentiment scores um it gives us the affinity that some people have towards influencers brands um media events so by doing that we, we understand actual behavior and what we do through machine learning is we cluster people based on that, based on their interactions. So based on that, we looked at 97 million open profiles for TikTok uh, within uh, five core EU markets. And then using our technology, we clustered those people and we segmented them based on their core affinities to people and entities. So for example, I'm not going to mention which specific um, audience we we looked at uh, for confidential reasons, but for example... There was like a primary audience, um, you know, that uh, that came out. We saw a lot of people interacting with a specific interest in the UK. We saw a lot of people interact uh, interacting with that same interest in Germany, that same interest in France um, and in t- two other markets. So what we told them was, you know, that's a core interest bracket that you need to focus on. And then we put that against uh, suitability m- metrics where we saw that actually there's not that big of a gap between what the TikTok brand, s- brand stands for, right? Now And how you could even grow further. Um, So that's what we did. And we uncovered not just that tribe, not just that audience. So what we do at Behave, we call audiences tribes. Um, We didn't just uncover that tribe. uh, We uncovered 48 other tribes. um, And it was really interesting because that gave TikTok the opportunity to look at literally the interest brackets, the content um, consumption pools that they could tap on in the EU. Looking at 97 million open profiles, obviously. Um, so that was literally what we did to uncover those core audiences for growth. We, we looked at what was happening on social, what people were talking about. We looked at the core interest brackets that were coming up. And then using machine learning, we clustered, um, those millions of people into interest pools based on the, on the people and entities, um, that they, that they, they interact with. And obviously using a, suitab- a, a knowledge and suitability and growth m- metric, uh, we were able to uh, identify the top priority tribes that TikTok needed to focus on on the short term um, to grow. And we also, just to mention, it's really important to always layer uh, research techniques. That's what we do at behave as well. So we layer research techniques to understand human behavior. We layer insights to influence behavior. Um, so we had that social data, obviously, but when you've got social data, you need to make sure that you offset some social media biases. Um, so we overlaid that with, with publisher and panel data. So through publisher data, we saw what was indexing with our core um, demographic. And for example, with panel data, we were able to look at the actual population size of each tribe. So so we resized them to understand the actual population size and look at how important that opportunity is. Um, so, yeah, that was the first part that we did for TikTok, just to reiterate your point around how and why we, we, we discover core audiences for growth.
0: That's amazing in terms of what we can do. So obviously, I'm very familiar with some of the brands you've worked on, and I know historically um, your work for Slack, where you looked at multi markets and also identify those nuances. Yeah. I guess I guess, it's very important as well, because what this gives you is a real insight into different, um, differences between markets and differences in those audiences in the market. So, not only are you saying that actually one country is very different to another country, you're saying within the country, there's different tribes that sit within there. And actually, those can be communicated in a different way for the best potential and and the optimum results for a brand or a client.
1: Exactly. That's exactly that. So, for example, two examples that I can actually give is that we saw um, gaming coming up in Germany we saw gaming being a core interest in Germany and that actually drives you know priorities um, internally for the business and we saw that actually by looking at the positive sentiment scores when it comes to top gamers in Germany we saw that by looking at for example the fact that um, the the size of the audience in Germany is significant you know frequent uh, frequent gamers or people that frequently l- log on to Twitch. Um, so it's extremely interesting to do that and to actually look at opportunities uh, by by deep diving into the interest brackets within within the markets, but not just through claimed research, also by using um, AI to understand and kind of to cluster people in core interest brackets. For example, in Italy, we show a fashion. Um, coming up the most in France, it was, it was comedy. So it's really interesting because without that research and without actually layering insights, you're not able to identify the, the priority audiences. You know, you can just uh, look into it granularly. It's very important to start at scale to look at millions of profiles to look at conversations in the market, especially with a brand that's growing. You know, a startup, a new company that wants to set priorities uh, for the next couple of months, the next couple of years. Um, so it's really, it's really important to make sure that you you guide them uh, in a way that provides the best re- return on investment for them you know and and the best priorities and the best kind of to give them the, the recommendations to grow in a way that would uh, work best um so the fact that we were able to identify those those tribes uh, within the EU, and the fact that we're, we were able to recommend uh, which ones to focus on, and then we we gave them recommendations when it came to those tribes specifically. You know the top influencers, the top brands to you to partner with. Sorry, uh, the personality traits of that audience, their top interests, the top events, the top NGOs. Obviously, because you want to build you know positive brand associations. Um, so yeah, so that, that's extremely interesting because once you identify them you don't just you don't just identify them because the way that you identify them you did that based on understanding who they interact with in the market uh what's you know how frequently do they interact with those people and entities how frequently do they post or are they are their active um uh viewers or they passive viewers uh so by understanding that audience you also understand what drives them so then you're, you're able to enrich on those people that you gathered with their historic social data. Obviously, th- those are open profiles and you can, you're able to get even more granular onto who they interact with and why. So if you see that, that for example, gaming um, is a core tribe in Germany, we're actually able to see which gamers um they interact with most, with e- which events like Gamescom, for example. Um, They talk about what do they say about Gamescom, um, the, the sentiment scores when it comes to the, the elements that they mention when they talk about Gamescom, uh, for example. So that's a really interesting part. And you're able to also look at their, their personality profile to try and reflect the brand. Uh, with the personality of the audience, so to look at personality profiles, you we actually take on conversations, and uh, we look at the sentence structure, at the tone of voice. We we actually also work with uh, with Investec. Uh, who's uh, kind of a, a, it's a financial institution. Um, and what we usually see when it comes to finance brands, but even like their clients, so high net worth individuals. and when we look at even financial advisors um, or any anyone within the, the financial sector, it's really interesting because we can actually see that the way they speak uh, and their tone of voice, for example, uh, their sentence structure, when they add more b- bullet points than exclamation points, they don't add a lot, of, a, a lot of caps lock. Like Those elements are actually a reflection of their personality. And it's really interesting because when you compare that with, with, with TikTok audiences, you can see that um, the TikTok primary tribes tend to be more impulsive. They tend to be a bit less calm. They tend to be more n- neurotic. Um, so it's really interesting to, to see that because they tend to be more susceptible to stress while finance, when we look at finance brands and their core clients, we tend to see that they, they're more risk taking. Um, so then we can actually shape communication that way. Obviously, it differs per market. Uh, we can see that some in some culture, they tend to be a bit less. Prone to take risks, for example. Also, within the UK, we saw that in some regions in the UK, some markets are less likely to take as much risk as uh, if they were in, in another region. In London, for example, we saw that more uh, like rural rural areas. Uh, sorry, we saw that within rural areas, the personality traits uh, tend to differ. Um. So that's really interesting, pets, because it gives you an an exact understanding of you know how people behave and and how you can try to build a brand that that suits them and but like based on that that's actually what we do so like you know we look at people with a full-fledged view so we look at you know what they see what they hear what they say what they feel what they do what they think that's how we layer insight we just don't just um try to understand what they see on its own or how they feel on its own or what they do or what they say. We try to layer everything together to, to get a full-fledged view around their behavior. So, for example, to understand how they feel, we, we use bi- biometrics technology, I- emotional recognition um, to understand what they say and how they say it, uh, we use their conversations on social, who they interact with, who they have affinities with, and then we look at their personality based on that. And then, for example, to to look at what they what they uh, see, uh, for example, we we do some predictive eye tracking to understand the, the attention map. Uh, the attention mapping on assets, attention mapping on websites. Um, so that's actually how we get a full-fledged view on on, on human behavior. And obviously, I, I know I'm saying a lot that depends on the client objective. Um, so for example, if we're presented with, with an audience challenge, uh, understanding the audience like we did with TikTok at first, we start with that. We investigate content consumption brackets across millions of conver- of people and conversations. And we try to understand where the priority lies um, by layering that with, with panel data. We try to see what, what indexes with publishers and then we, we guide them, you know. And then obviously when it's more of a perception brief, what we do and then we did that with TikTok within the phase two. Uh, what we do after that is obviously when you want to identify an opportunity, you want to understand what are their feelings? What are their perception of TikTok? What are the perception of the, what are their perception towards the brand? Uh, you can just look at the audience as, as standalone. So what we do is we. Log their conversation into our AI emotions and analytics tool, and look at the core themes that they talk about when it comes to TikTok. So we look at how, how they actually perceive the brand to see one uh, how 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 you know how easy it's going to be to to uh, to convert them, um, and to. Uh, how big the how big of a gap it is to actually be able to to convert them when we actually go to market and uh, sorry when we actually build a, a go to market strategy and try to to uh, to convert them um, so that's the beauty of it it could be an audience brief it could be a perception brief and then and then obviously like you mentioned it's very important to build the relevant touch points so what I mentioned about biometrics um, technology where we look at People sweat, for example, on their hands. How excited! I, I think you did that, Pedro, as well. We I did, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People sweat. How excited they are when they see something. We see dog pictures. A uh, dog picture having like a really high galvanic skin response spikes. People get engaged, get happy when they look at a dog content. Do on- on- you have a um,
0: on that point? You have a, a biometrics lab in the in the office.
1: Yes. Exactly, so we've got that, and based on that, we can actually look at how people feel um, implicitly when they look at assets. We can see how people feel um, implicitly when they look, for example, at a website.
0: And, that, and that's and that's your, your galvanic skin response, is definitely one of those. But you also have EEG that uh, obviously measures brain waves, and ECG that measures how your heart's responding.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's exactly that. So, oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, I'm just saying it's, it's amazing. It's amazing because all that combined, and I, I know you mentioned it already, but you said eye tracking and facial recognition. So you can combine all those data points to give you a sort of rounded view of how s- people are engaging with creative assets, for example, or websites.
1: Exactly. So what we do is, and we did that for, for Investec, what we do is um, this is a structure that I really enjoy, and I think that gives you a really robust understanding of what works and, and what doesn't. Uh, what's really interesting is we can start with AI, predictive eye tracking. So we've got an AI predictive eye tracking technology that we use, and that gives us an understanding of where the eye is most likely to look at. So you build a hypothesis based on a tech that gathered millions of data points around where the eye uh, would look at based on specific colors, uh based on the text based on the, the the positioning of elements so it just gathered millions of data points that could give you a predictive understanding of where the the attention would go and which elements of a, of a, of an asset uh, actually have more attention than other elements obviously when you've got an, an objective the objective to build a brand you want the logo um, to be there when you've got a conversion objective, for example, you want more attention on the call to action. So that gives you an understanding around how to build the asset or how to build a, a website page. So for Investec, we did that. We ran predictive eye tracking, but then we recommended to overlay that with actual in-house biometrics because once you build a hypothesis, the predictive hypothesis, it's really interesting to get people uh, inside in in our lab to go through a prototype of the website. And that would actually happen. And based on the hypothesis from the predictive eye tracking, uh, the client built pr- prototypes of what the website could be. So we worked in line with them to build prototypes based on the hypothesis that we built. Um, and then we built a, a user journey and we plugged that prototype onto our in-house tool and we got people to go through the website to to attempt to click on specific call to actions to we track the, their their eyes where their eyes looked at uh, we actually track their emotions how angry frustrated happy they were with sections of the website so we literally track their journey to understand what was working and what w- was not working. And obviously we took in the learnings from predictive eye tracking to build those pages. Um, and then what what we got towards the end is literally an understanding of where to position that call to action, the fact that some contact us buttons shouldn't be on the first or second page because users want to go through a journey. They want to read they want to understand more. Those should be on the on on the on the last page or you know before the last page. So people could get time to process uh, a high involvement uh, d- decision. So o- overlaying that, I mean, starting with a predictive eye tracking hypothesis, and then overlaying that with with an in house uh, uh, like out outsourcing people in house. Uh, that's that's extre- extremely interesting because it then gives you real human behavior on how they they they're actually they how they're affected and how they scroll through a page. Um, so that actually enabled us to give them recommendations around how to fix, like, ameliorate the page and how to make it more conversion focused. So from predictive eye tracking, we were able to get positioning elements, for example, and from, um, from biometrics, we were able to understand further which colors were striking, uh, on which sections they were clicking first, which sections they were leaving towards the end. And that yeah, that, that literally enabled us to uh, reduce some text add then drop down tabs because we saw that sometimes they were not even reading the text, just the title. Then create a more actionable title and create more actionable subtitles um so yeah that's like a just a, a little example around how we can apply that
0: Leah, i mean that's fascinating and um I'm, I'm very conscious that we're coming up on time pretty soon oh, yeah. so yeah. I, just, I just wanted to check whether there's anything else that you'd like to cover off because you've covered a wealth of um, information and for me i mean one of the most exciting things is how all the outputs that behave creates are always very actionable so it isn't just the, you know here's some research and this is what it says yeah. it's some research, and this is how you should activate it, and this is what we expect the outcome to be.
1: Exactly. So, just an example of that, just to uh, wrap up for the FT, for example. Um, as you know, we worked with the US. So, our objective with the FT is to guide them and help them in increasing subs- subscriptions um, of the FT in the US specifically. Uh, so, to do that, we we won't we don't just start um, the project, or we don't just start it by uh being like okay what we're going to do is we're just going to look at, at the market and you know try to understand what's happening and you know uh and we're just going to give you some research outputs with no strategy or insights whatsoever what we did is we worked with them uh, hand in hand to understand which were the priority regions within the us and then to understand within those regions specifically what are the, the core segments for example in san francisco it could be the, the tech segment um in new york you know young professionals um so it's extremely important to just identify the objectives from the start so whatever you do you work in parallel with the client um to to uh, to uh, to apply that you know to uh, to their to their strategy and then we ended up obviously presenting that with them in parallel to the us team so our our insights and the client also p- presenting his end onto how this is going to feed in a go like to market strategy within the us to in- to increase the uh, subscriptions. So then our way of doing that is that we looked at how the product was shaped compared to competitors. And we looked at what the, what the, the marketing strategy could be as well. So we, we had a, a product lens and we had a, a marketing lens and we literally wanted to give out recommendations uh, across those, those regions based on that. So just a, a, an example is um, in San Francisco, we saw that obviously people were very, um tech savvy most of them were in silicon valley and most of them were embedded in their vegan you know uh, lifestyle um you know and we saw that through through data and we saw we didn't see politics coming up at all when we looked at the historic social data of the people that that interact with the with the ft or the, of people that downloaded um the the ft app uh which is interesting because it would give us an understanding about what Content brackets to empower. Where um, in Chicago we saw a, a, a lot of a big skew towards local society, local Chicago events, local sports in Chicago, local teams. Um, so that's what we wanted to to uh, we recommended to actually uh, em- empower. And then in New York, we saw a big skew towards culture and musical. So it's not—it's very important to just keep talking about like the economy and all of that. But adding in content brackets that would brackets that would really engage the audience. You know, how is the how is the Broadway industry, for example, affected by coronavirus? That would be an interesting topic that the, that the audience would, would engage with. Um. So th- those are some small example out of 160 of them. So literally, we deep dived into what would encourage people to interact with the FT instead of competitors to trust the FT to read from the FT uh, in in, in the US instead of of another uh, publisher. So it's all about how you shape the product based on the the different regions. What do they want to read? What makes them want to trust the want to trust and read the f t compared to competitors so it's 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 all about understanding the types of people the types of brands the types the type of behavior that happens within those those regions if that makes sense
0: yeah it really does and i I think again it's it's amazing and fascinating that this sort of deep dive and understanding of consumers and humans generally can have such dramatic impact and i and I know that um because of confidentiality reasons you can't talk about the results that your clients have had yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, i mean it's i think it's fair to say and especially for our listeners here that when you started working with someone like tiktok that people thought you said ted talks
1: yeah literally yeah. and now we're at like our what ninth project with them even more actually including their yeah like we've got yeah we've got so much going on with tiktok and we've been working in parallel with them really close to them i mean we are literally, I, I talk to my TikTok clients as much as I talk to my, to, to, to my colleagues at work, but it's because of our closer relationship and how much we understand their business. You know, we understand where they came from. We, we, we understand how. They, they got to where they are right now. Um, and what we do is we also track, uh, what happens in the market in real time to help them. So when the TikTok you at span happened, uh, we were here tracking what was said in the EU. When COVID-19 happened, we were here trying to understand who the new users that were actually enjoying and embarking on TikTok during that period, who they are, because you need to keep track of them. Uh, because when that ends, when it ends, uh, hopefully um you, they might not be on the platform anymore we need to find what's their core interest what what's going to keep them on the platform so even the new users that they that they embarked we need to keep track of the top interests that they have and i'm really happy to say that based on the, our work and our research and you know what we presented in eternally at tiktok and all of that they're applying that within the, their content ecosystem and on the app they're 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 um, getting their onboarding creators within those content brackets they've been doing that
0: yeah, they've certainly um going from a, a relatively unknown brand yes when you first started working them to now being sort of the fastest growing social media platform Exactly. with, uh, with over two billion downloads i think on last count yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i so can't believe it speaks,
0: speaks volume for the work so so i think in conclusion i think Really, what you said Behave does is um, everything from identifying and defining your market to understanding how a brand is perceived in market. And then uh, more importantly, how consumers or customers for that brand will behave to really understand then where you go to find them and communicate effectively. And ultimately, it's to help grow or sell or promote a brand or business that, that you represent. Is that about right?
1: Yes, yes. It's it's exactly that. Um, I mean, I, I wish we had like one more hour. To...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we we can do we can do a part two, so that's not a problem. <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely get you back on the podcast. Oh, but um, for now, in terms of when people want want to get in contact with you what's the best place to reach out to you
1: so you can reach out to me a, a lot of people reach out on on linkedin if you want to reach out on linkedin if your business is interested uh, or anything like that if you want to learn more about behave or you could also reach out on on the behave website so you, you can inquire on the behave website that would get straight to us um and yeah and I, otherwise if anyone has any questions after that yeah just connect on linkedin we'd love to connect with people that share similar interests if you want to get more information on you know what we do and i would be more happy to uh, to answer
0: lovely Leah. thank you again for your time and uh, our speech
1: speak to you shortly
0: Cheers. bye
1: bye this podcast is
0: brought to you by total media the behavioral planning agency an innovative approach to behavioral insights to deliver more effective marketing results and business growth